Welcome back to the family table. I'm Elizabeth. And I'm Noah. The coffee pot is on. Pull no, it's the... not. I know. We said we're not going to say that tonight. I know. We have hot tea tonight. Hot tea tonight. We are posers. All right. The hot tea is on. Pull up a chair and let's visit. Doing all right? Yeah. How are you tonight? I'm good. We're going to get to the farm update in just a little bit. Oh. But I want to play a game first. I am, if I can just speak my truth. I'm very nervous at this game. I am. I'm just like almost anxiety ridden about this. Go ahead. Well, they make medicine for that. Anyway, <laughs> uh, we, uh, we haven't got to see each other very much the last few days and I really enjoy talking to you and everybody enjoys what you have to say and uh, that's, that's, that's the, the feedback we've been getting is say they like our banter, they like our little small talk as well as our big talk. And so let's give the people what they want. A little more small talk. So, before we go... everybody loves small talk. Well, <laughs> not everybody's good at small talk. I'm not great at small talk, but it, this can be enjoyable. So I'm going to play a little game with you called Three Questions. Oh I told gosh. you to randomly choose three questions. I know. Uh, they could be hypotheticals. They could be rank choice. They could be anything like that. And I've got three questions for you. And just kind of a getting to know you. Getting to know all about you. Yes. Uh, let's see. Let me pull my questions up. Okay. First questions. Who, who do you think you are? <laughs> Follow up. What gives you the right? Okay, we'll go on to a different okay, question. Okay, for those of you who are like, I don't know why that's so funny. If you don't watch The Office, it probably just went way over your head, and that's fine. So our, probably, one of our favorite shows is The Office. And, and um, we've been without it for we quite have, a while. You a know, year? Netflix got rid of it, and then it was on Hulu maybe for a little bit. I don't, I don't remember. But it was on Peacock, and that. but then they went to had to pay premium to get it. And that was like definitely my comfort show like i could watch that and just do whatever i needed to do especially like before bed i could just watch it and decompress I, and i say watch it let it's it just play on. it's just like a friend in the room it is and that's very often no and i will say that one to each other who who who, who do, do you think, think you are? are what gives you the right so okay is that really the question no, it's okay not. i just wanted to get you to laugh <laughs> What is your favorite sub-sandwich joint? Oh. There's lots of good ones out there. No, there isn't. Jimmy John's. <laughs> the others are subpar. <laughs> really, I would never go to another sandwich shop besides no Jimmy Subway? John's. Oh, my gosh. I just want to vomit. No Penn Station? Door. I like the French fries. Cause yes. I'm a, I, love, I love a good French fry. So if I could have a Jimmy John's with a Penn Station French fry, that'd be the... Let me ask you about three more. Quiznos, remember Quiznos? Like a hundred years ago, yeah. Two more recently we've been to. Blimpies. Oh uh, no, I like. Do you like? Did you like Blimpies? Okay, I remember having it one time at a birthday party, and I was like, probably Henry's age. So. Okay, so not a good judge of character. <laughs> right. uh, I was a big Blimpies fan. They had one in Terre, at least one, maybe two in Terre Haute. Okay, but in the last five years, we've been to a oh firehouse firehouse sub. Yeah, that's pretty good. But I still and, go to Jimmy John's and a Jersey Mike's. Oh, yeah, yeah, Jersey Max is super good, too. But you're still going Jimmy John's. Jimmy John's is very consistent. I know what to expect. 
I know. Sandwich of choices. Number two, the Big John. Big John. It's a roast With, beef and no uh, cheese. No cheese. Ugh, no cheese. And lettuce and mayo and tomato. And then I usually get salt and vinegar chips and a Diet Coke. Ooh, you fancy. I'm very fancy. But um, I have to say, though, I can think of one other sub sandwich I had that was like, whoa. When, um, I went to New York City several years ago. Uh, we had subs in New York. They were called, I think, Hero. Hero. Not yeah. like not with a G. Yeah, not the G with an H, like a hero. A hero. Yeah. And that, I can't even tell you what my hat on it. I don't remember. But I just remember being fantastic. Did you say this from Cat's Deli? Or I, you went there I went too? there too, and that was. Because that's their pastrami there, right? Yes, and I had that, and that was very good too. But this was just like a cold cut, like a like a. Yeah. Maybe it was warm. I don't know. But if I'm just gonna choose Jimmy John's, but I have to say though, what was that one you said? Jersey, Jersey Mike's. Mike's. Jersey Mike's was really good too, but I've only been there one time, so I can't say like I would choose Jersey it over Jimmy out. John's. But I feel like we Jimmy John's. I, I would go there every week. Agreed. I still love Subway. Oh, so I can't gross. afford Subway anymore. I don't know how in the world they get away with charging so much. Uh, it must be cheap, like $5 subs. Well, they spent all that money just saying $5 footlongs, and now it's like $15 footlongs. You know, Taco Bell used to be that way, too. You could yeah. go to Taco Bell for nothing, and that's not the case. All right, you got one for me? Oh, uh, yeah. I got it on my phone. Uh-oh, where'd it go? This is live to tape radio. Please be more professional. Okay. I'll start with a funny one then, okay. since you start with a funny one. Or not funny, just light-hearted. not lighthearted. And I was asked this one time in an interview. <laughs> okay. If you were an item in a bowl of salad, oh, yes. what item would you be and why? It's probably going to be a rustic coli salad. I'd be cottage cheese because <laughs> I'm bland and go with everything. Because you curdle. That curdle. <laughs> the curdle fell out in the sun. What would you be in a salad? Oh, I asked. Oh. kind of hippies asking these questions? What job was this for? Grad school. To get into grad school? <laughs> yeah. They want to know what kind of salad you'd be in? I'm or? sure they like, can psychoanalyze it or something. Jeez. All right. If I had to be something in a salad... Carrot. <laughs> I'd be a carrot. <laughs> Why? Because I gotta have ranch with it. Oh my so, goodness. I don't know. Carrot. I'm going with carrot. I don't like. I don't like iceberg lettuce. I don't like tomatoes. I just have, cheese is fattening. You're grumpy. <laughs> what a question to get into grad school. I made it. Yeah. Into school. Okay. I All right. Uh, oh, make sure we're still going here. Yes, we are. Second question. Uh, I'll say, I'm, I'm going to go with my heaviest hitting question. Oh, my yet. God. Wait, okay. this, has, this, this is not the heavy hitting question. Biggest influence in your cooking journey. Mm. Who are some books or people have been your right. biggest influence? Can I, name more, can I say more than one person? Top influences, yes. Okay. My mom, for sure, she always made a priority in our house to have, you know, family meals and um, meals that could, because I'm one of four, so, you know, feeding a family. Mm-hmm. So definitely, definitely my mom. I would say, <clears throat> this is sort of a, like an 
over a good overview of my overview one, I guess. Then my early days of cooking, I found comfort and ease in using church cookbooks because the church cookbooks were usually had ingredients in them that I knew they were, and the instructions were very clear, and they were easy, like easy crowd meals, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say I, I my friend Sarah Bowen, she is a chef by trade. I assume mm-hmm. that's what she, um, her education background it's in. And I think she gave me a lot of confidence in cooking and a lot of like, oh yeah, you, you can do this. Or no, you totally, like it's kind of gave me some confidence and branching out into my cooking and, um, you know, I guess branching out and going the real like homemade way of that. I think she before is it kind of nerve-wracking sometimes to do that stuff because what if you mess it up and so I'd say definitely Sarah and I don't probably I don't I guess I follow um on Instagram I, I don't even know this person but I follow somebody named Amber Amber's Kitchen and that's really got me into bread making because mm-hmm. um I liked how her mixer, how she made it to where it seemed very easy to do. And I say from a celebrity standpoint, I mean, I don't, she's, I don't know if you call her celebrity, but more recent. Oh, good. Um, I noticed you didn't say Julia Child's on that list. Uh, our first married Valentine's right. Day. Yeah. I got you a cast iron skillet. Which I still use, and, like, all the time. And a Julia Child. Because we had just watched that movie. Right. The... Julia and Julia? Yeah. And I had chicken <coughs> yeah. marsala that, that night. Right. And I don't think we've ever opened that book since. <laughs> um, it's a really neat cookbook. It really is a beautiful cookbook. And maybe I should reopen it now because I feel like, you know, that was first year of marriage. I've that done a lot of... Now. I did a lot more comments, but I remember looking through them like, I don't even know where to start. Um, but you know, we should reopen that cookbook. Yeah. So I bet we'd be like, oh, this is super is. easy. I bought tarragon that night. And I still have the container of tarragon <laughs> in the pantry. Yeah, I don't really ever use tarragon. I don't think I've ever used it. Those are good answers. Okay. Oh, yeah. I keep losing my phone. I already asked you the salad question. <laughs> if you could have coffee with any person, dead or alive, or common, or celebrity, who would it be? Mm. And I guess you could have... You can give it one or two At the people. Coffee table. You could even give a celebrity and a common person. You know. Yeah. Um, I'm going to take the easy ones off the board. I'm going to take my my family members of the past that have passed okay. away. I'm going to take them off the board. I'm going to take Jesus off the board. We all want to sit with the <laughs> Lord, okay? Like um, taking him off the board. Um, Harry Carey comes to mind. Uh, the famous Cubs. I don't think he'd be drinking coffee, but well, um, he might have seen extra in his coffee. Sure, Irish coffees. Uh, but he was somebody I uh, always liked listening to as a kid. Um, that that's somebody. Who else in history am I? Oh, big presidents fan. I'm a big. So I think my favorite president. Uh, Mr. Calvin Coolidge, mm. which would be a very quiet conversation because Calvin traditionally was not a big, big talker, 
but I liked the way he thought and he acted. He's got a classic story about not talking. One time he was at a party, and a person came, I think it was a young lady, came across the room and said, my friend just bet me a dollar I couldn't get you to say three words. And he looked at her and said, you lose. <laughs> That's it. That's Calvin Coolidge. I thought that'd be <laughs> Harry Carey, Calvin Coolidge. <laughs> what an extreme. Yeah, yeah. I think that would be my, my coffee people. Man, I really thought, I thought you'd say something else. Did you have somebody in mind? I thought you'd say George W. Bush. Mm. Well, I kind of, I well, was a stone's throw from him one time. We saw him speak last fall, and yeah. it was very it was good. good. And I kind of like we were having coffee with him, because it was a it very did. casual... Casual, um, laid-back environment. Yeah. Ooh. But his counterpart on stage, Mitch Daniels, is somebody I'm a big fan yeah. of, and that's going to get some hate, because well. not everybody loves their man Mitch, but... Uh, he was the governor when I was in high school, and he like shook up the state. I didn't. Agree. I don't like everything that he did, but I, I, he was kind of an example for me of like thinking pragmatically and getting things done. And I really enjoyed his book. So Harry Carey, Calvin Coolidge, <laughs> and Mitch, <laughs> Mitchell Elias Daniels. Okay. Okay. Now, my last question for you. Okay. And I sort of just touched it a second ago, which which the question is. Uh, what is your adult beverage of choice? <laughs> no. Now listen, you're getting all red and verklempt, but listen. Bible says that wine is the gift from God that gladdens the heart of man. <sighs> this is not a dry county nor a dry home. It's not an abusive home either, but, I mean, like, alcohol abuse, obviously. But like Any abuse. <laughs> yeah, if you're going to have a, a, right. a drink, right. what do you like? Hmm. For a mixed drink, I really like Moscow Mules, and I was introduced to those at a wedding a few years ago. That was their signature drink of the night, and mm -hmm. I had never had one. I always kind of thought they meant me dry or, yeah. I don't know. And so I really enjoy Moscow Mule, and at Christmas, I made up a recipe where we called it a Christmas Mule, and those were a big hit mm -hmm. at family gatherings over the holiday season. Um, I really enjoy a good glass of wine. Uh, I can think recently we had some of our really good friends, Maggie and Jeremy and their family and their children come stay with us over Christmas break. And they brought, they're, they're from New York. So from their city, they brought, um, like a local wine and it was probably the best wine I've ever had. Mm -hmm. and, it, and I don't know if it was actually the wine or just the company and, and the memory of the vibes, the vibes of it. So, um, that, and I can, I always enjoy a cheap beer. <laughs> I do. Class A. Is that French? Class, Class A. A. Okay. Very good. I'm like sweating. Now, I'm really down. sweating. Nobody's going to be judging you on this. <laughs> I'm really sweating. Okay, we're breaking the ice. We're pulling back the curtain, letting people know that we're real people here. We are. What's your last question for me? Nothing that, uh... <laughs> I told you. Nothing like that. My goodness. We have lost people listening to us now. They'll be back. Where is your favorite place to travel? Cody, Wyoming. We went... Out west, uh, been like the summer of 13. I remember it was like the summer after my brother passed away. 
I wasn't old enough to drive yet. Uh, we took the pop-up camper and we went, took off, we went to uh, Davenport, Iowa, and we made our way to the Badlands and um, Mount Rushmore, which was just awesome. I love the Badlands, it was one of my favorite parts. I cut a small tree down in Custer National Forest and got in big trouble because apparently you're not supposed to cut down the trees and the Are you forest. still on the... They're probably on some sort of list there. Right. Um, then I think and lost that stick. I made it into a walking stick. And when we got to our end destination, which was Seattle, I think I left that at my... The, the family members were going to go see Uncle Jim and Mon Aunt Monica. And uh, I was real bummed about it. And about a month later, I got this like really odd-shaped package in the mail. And the note on the side said, we found your stick. And they sent it back. But it wasn't the stick. <laughs> it was another <laughs> random stick from Seattle. <laughs> but I always so appreciated funny. them thinking about us. So. <laughs> that is so funny. But on the way out to, we went to, all the way to Yellowstone, we did a bunch of stuff. We went on the way to Yellowstone. We parked outside, or we camped outside in Cody, Wyoming, which was, in my memory, kind of the last stop before you enter Yellowstone on maybe the south side or the west side, I don't remember. But they had a rodeos every night. They sold fireworks right outside the campground. And I just loved the town. I loved the vibe. The, it was a beautiful city. They had a big old dam. And we would go there and uh, check it out. And so it was one of my favorite spots uh, on, on all my travels that we've been to. And that, my friends, is three questions with Noah and Elizabeth. I'd like to do this from time to time to let people know about us and mm. uh, just kind of spark conversations. And if you want to play along at home and put your answers in the yeah. uh, on Facebook or along with us, that'd be great. I, I'd really like to get this conversation to come two, two ways. Us having a conversation and you joining in either on Facebook or um, Substack or wherever is easiest for you. It, it doesn't matter. But uh, join in and chime in on the comments whatever your favorite one of the, the answer to one of these questions is. Uh, quick farm update. I'm going to try to be quick, but it has been a big week. I think we say that every week. It's uh, been a big week. It's been a big week. <laughs> well, listen, I am uh, trying my best to get this house done so we can move in on the first floor on January, nope, nope. June, June 1. And uh, Am I going to make it? I don't know. But that's kind of my sole focus in life right now is to try to meet that goal. But this week, I, tonight I pretty much finished up uh, all the plumbing in the house, running all the rough-in plumbing to the second floor, which is good because that's been the most unknown to me or the most, like, uh, you know, I don't really, I'm not saying I don't know what I'm doing, but I haven't done this before on this scale and so, like, it felt good to have that part done. Uh, your dad uh, is now officially retired. Wow. Big news. And so uh, he's been spending more time out there. He's a trained electrician. And so he's been run, doing home runs and stuff like that. So we're, if I had to put a percentage on it, I'd say we're 70% done with, uh, with wiring. Uh, I've got to still have to do the outlets and then run my... Cat 6 wire, which is data lines and coax cable for TVs, and uh, but we I might, we've got a, we've got about a week and a half until spring break, and my goal is to be drywalling by spring break. So we're gonna be real close to to that goal. Uh, it might be the middle of the week before we're actually drywalling, but 
getting real close to that. Uh, had something done this week that hasn't happened yet. We let somebody else do a, a job on the farm. For pay. For pay. We paid <laughs> to have it done, yes. Uh, we got gutters put on the house, and they look so sharp. fantastic. Oh, my gosh. Shout out to Championship Gutters. They're, call, they're called here in uh, West Central Indiana near Carbon out of Brazil. Um, could not have asked for better service, and um, they did a great job. I could tell from the road, half you know, mile half away. mile away, I could just see them glimmering off the roof because they're white on a red fascia backdrop. And it looked, it just looked really, really sharp, and I was super-duper impressed. And they left the place looking nice, and they got it done in a day. You can tell they had been there. Like, yeah. It really, was, you I was so impressed with, with that company. And we have a big metal roof, and so we... we we caught a lot of water, and it was just kind of going everywhere, and the basement was really wet, so I'm really hoping this will help with that. So um, well, I'm going to make a, a small video about that because I had them do all their cool machines and and take pictures and stuff, so there'll be a small video about that coming. Big change tomorrow. Duke Energy is coming to redo our power supply, so... Um, they're gonna, we have a pole right near the house. They're going to take that pole out and run it underground from a, a further down pole. And so we don't have to drive around this pole anymore. And we're, we're relocating the uh, meter base and the power out, uh, you know, panel, the panel. And um, Pat's got that all set up and ready to go. And so they're coming tomorrow to do that. And so that's a big switch over. So for the house, we've re redone the water, we've redone the electricity, we've added natural gas. At the uh, on spring break, uh, Sparklight Internet's coming to reconnect us with uh, internet. So we are moving right along. Getting measurements for carpeting. Getting measured for carpeting, and uh, I, I don't feel I don't have the tools to do carpeting, so I do have to have that hire that out, but we're going to put in some ceramic tile and maybe a little wood flooring and uh, vinyl flooring down. But I don't have pole stretchers and really the interest in learning that skill. So uh, big, it's been a big week and um, really, really tired. I'm just being <laughs> honest. When you said we should do record our podcast, we both were like, uh, oh. Yeah. <laughs> well, and the time change. Uh, oh, my goodness. You wouldn't think that one hour would really affect how you feel. Yeah. But... You know who did this? Yeah. <laughs> I do. I'll talk... Uh, when I sit down and talk with Mitch Daniels, <laughs> this is my bone. The only bone I'm going to have to pick up. Oh, I thought you meant Benjamin Franklin. No. <laughs> Benjamin Franklin came up with it, but Mitch Daniels put us on... You did, I remember same time. Oh, my gosh. About tore our state together at the seams. Like, I was so mad about it. I'd have to have a little chat with him about that. <sighs> And our education system. His, kid, his kids must have been grown by then because hmm. every day it's been like, all yeah. right, all right, we've got to get up. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's the far update. Uh, we didn't get very far. Was it our last podcast or two ago? Yeah, last one. We, have, we had a list of things that we were, that classified us as getting weird about. Can you pull that list up? I know you're in the middle of crocheting here, but, um, which is, the usual for Elizabeth. Yep. Wait, it's a lovely sweater or something you got going on here. Mm. 
Okay, well, you pick one. Oh, I thought we were going with this one. It just kind of went to, from last week. That's fine. But the people can't read it, so why don't you introduce it? So last week, uh, Noah, if you missed the episode, go back and catch it. We'll give you a little synopsis. We sort of gave each of us a few quotes or verses or poems um, that influenced us as parents. And the reason we were getting to that is we wanted to then go into the conversation of why we chose to homeschool our children and sort of our thoughts on homeschooling in general. So that was why we gave those quotes and those poems and verses. Um, We started homeschooling our children full-time in August of 2020. Our only our oldest had been in school, and he was in school for kindergarten and part of first grade. And then during first grade is when COVID happened, and so um, he finished out first grade at home with us. And I think that first fall we went back to home. We decided to homeschool. Things just felt very up in the air and unsure at the time. Uh, excuse me, I, I'm so sorry for yawning. Um, we just weren't for sure because there was all this conversation of will we stay stay physically in person? Will we go virtual? Will we, do, will we be hybrid? And it just felt like I don't want to go back and forth with this. Um, COVID still felt very scary for us mm-hmm. then. And so we decided, well, let's just keep them home. And then so for that fall, we had Henry going into second grade and Ellie going into kindergarten. And we decided, let's keep them home. And we'll sort of just evaluate every month. But we had kind of planned to send them back right. probably by Christmas. It was not an easy decision. It wasn't. Uh, Henry had a really great kindergarten and, and first grade teacher. Yes. And was, we, were, we were not upset with the teachers at all. And the school, we realized <coughs> their yeah. um, elementary school. Yeah. But during that time, a lot of weird things were happening. Like um, they were taking teachers popping teachers into virtual right. and so I remember like combining classrooms combining and classroom teachers but not classrooms so like I remember if it was Henry's grade or the grade above him would have been like they had two rooms side by side and they had to, everybody had to stay in their like eight foot bubble and the teacher would go to room A and teach for a while and then leave them and go to room B and teach for a while it was yeah. uh, it was just not uh not, not a great system, and there wasn't a lot of communication. And it was really hard for us because, like, I'm a public school teacher in the corporation, corporation. that our children that our would, school, would attend. And you're the adult director, learning yeah. goddess, or whatever it is that title you have. <laughs> and so it was like, hey, we'll work for you, but we don't have enough confidence <laughs> in you to be able to do your job. Right. Uh, but it wasn't... So, uh, it wasn't... Angry, you know, no. we weren't angry about when it. When I had to go to the school and unenroll our children, I cried in the office because we really appreciated the school and, and mm-hmm. um, so it wasn't them at all. But we discovered a lot of really great things along the way. Um, like, okay, for, I mean, I'll speak for myself here. Henry was a really good student, is a really good student. And I know, because I have these students, here's what happens. The teacher tries to get the whole class doing one thing, 
and the really good students, they do their thing, they get their job done, and then they sit there and wait until the entire class catches up. No matter how much you try to like, oh, if you get this done, here's this more to do, or this to do. So that would happen, or they would have like, you know, Henry be a helper and help other people. And there was something about that that kind of bugged me. Like, as a teacher, like, I have to herd the whole room together, and something that sometimes it frustrates me, and I've gotten better about not, it not bothering me so much, is that the ones who get it, I won't, I won't use the word gifted, it's not like, oh my gosh, they're geniuses, but like, they're studious, they try, right. um, they get kind of, I feel like they get kind of the short end of the stick, because other people don't try as hard, and that's right. just the the burden of keeping a whole room together, uh, pacing-wise, and in order to pass the almighty standardized testing. Mm -hmm. uh, and so, when we started getting Henry, when we got Henry home, I mean, he was he was thriving, and it would only take him a third of the time of what a normal school day would be. And, um... And we weren't skipping corners, either. I mean, like, they did all their subjects, they did went in depth, right. they did... I felt like they were learning. We were doing additional skills that they weren't doing, like sign language and, you know, all sorts of beyond the classroom type mm -hmm. of learning environment. And he had so much more time ahead, and he found it a really good learning style, and it worked really well for him. Right. I think he probably would still be as good of a student, probably. Yeah. But um, I think he can go that much further beyond in this style. Yeah. I really appreciate the flexibility of the scheduling um, with it. I'm able to still work part-time and still get our schooling done on my non-work days. Uh, I think it gives a lot of opportunity for, I'm, and I'm speaking like right now, like these are non-educational benefits. Mm -hmm. um, it gives them an opportunity to know each other as siblings. Like they really know each other well, and most days they're each other's best playmates, best friends, and, I mean, there are several days where they're the normal siblings of, don't look at me, why, why are you touching me, like, yeah. um, and then also, like, I think about the opportunity they've had to be with my parents, and your parents, and my grandparents, grandparents. and, you know, my aunts and uncles, when they would normally be in school, like, Mm -hmm. Honest to goodness, they have such a great opportunity to be with these people right. um, that they're going to remember for the rest of their lives. We really value multi-generational input yes. in our kids' lives. Not, not like rearing so much, but like the fact that they can be around my parents and your parents and talk to them and ask questions and yet still have the blessing of having like... Ron and Bernie, your grandparents, and Carolyn, and aunts and uncles, and things mm -hmm. like that, that are older. We get together all the time with these people. We mm -hmm. sit and have meals together. We um, Like last weekend, my Aunt Kathy was down, Aunt and Kathy. during a normal school day, we were all just get our school done and then hang out, like, and then right. um, do that to where it wasn't like, sorry, you have to wait till four o'clock right. to do that. Um, also, another, like, non educational benefit that I think of is our kids are having the opportunity to be able to communicate with just not peers and each other, but also adults, people younger than them, people like, cause we're like a one room schoolhouse. So, um, they aren't just only talking to their fellow five and six year olds or, you know, eight year olds. They're talking to 
all ages of people in our home and outside of our home. And I think that's a huge benefit for them also. And, you know, this is an education one. On a really good focus day, our kids can be done with school by lunch. And then it gives them the afternoon to really um, search out their interests and do hands-on things or to do activities that are really um, beneficial to them, mm-hmm. not just because it's in a textbook. Speaking of a one-room schoolhouse, well, my dad is an agent uh, by any means. He, he did grow up in Bowling Green, and they had a, a, I don't know if I'd call it a one-room schoolhouse. They had a looping school where they were like first and second grade were together. Yes. So then you had the same teacher, or you were kind of in the same... You are in the same room with the same yes. teacher. Which is a, still a style they teach with. Like, some schools yeah. do that where you're like... Um, it's not. It's still a practice they do. Well, and he always talked about like he kind of picked up. It's almost like he double learned. Like right. as he when he's in like first grade and she's teaching second grade, he could like listen to her and uh, you know see what's coming ahead, and he got to hear everything kind of twice. Right. And that 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 was good for him. And I feel like our kids are getting that too because when <laughs> I often just say like yes. Elliot, I know you know it, but right now I need Benjamin to know it, right. like because yes. they're like, oh when yeah. When you've got your little whiteboard out, and he's like, <laughs> well, let me add four apples, five apples. What are the vowels? Okay, I know, I know. You older boys know. Yeah, yeah. we get it. You could, you've got, you've aced this. Now. Right, right. Um, there's other things that are almost comical that we love about homeschooling, and I've had students come to high school who are who were homeschooled, and it's a big adjustment for them, and it's little things like. The ability to go to the bathroom whenever you need to. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's so, it is weird for me as a public school teacher, the institutionalization of the whole thing to be like, I am the gatekeeper of the toilet. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you better hold your bladder. Or, uh, you know, if somebody wants to get a drink or have a snack, like, it's no, I'm scary. sorry, commissary is only open from so <laughs> yeah. to so. Like, our kids would freak the geek out, I feel like, if they went back to public school today and, like, started chomping on an apple and, and whatnot. Um, or, like, each day, our kids know <coughs> know what they need to get done. They know what subjects we're covering that day. They know what their lessons are. And I let them pretty much pick the order they complete them in. Um, and some of them like to get their hearts up over with. Some of them like to do their favorites first. But even that in itself, like, what, what do you mean it's time for math? I, I was really enjoying mm-hmm. doing my handwriting or doing my social studies. Um, but really, for the most part, I let them sort of choose what subject they're working on. Um, and I feel bad since they have to wait. Like, I'm helping somebody, if I'm helping one child and I have to go, like, I need help. I'm like, well, just wait a second. And I think, oh, they can wait the 30 seconds. Yes. Like, yes. <laughs> it's Fine. Now, in a second, I want you to talk more about the cur- the types of curriculum that we use, yeah. uh, what we have used, what Absolutely. we are using, kind of uh, just gut feels, good or bad. But um, we're not um, novices to, to teaching. No. Okay, I was. I was not classically trained. I have no professional training as a teacher. Um, but I was homeschooled for one year, eighth grade. That was the year after my brother passed away. I just really struggled to be at the same building that he was at. And so I had was introduced to homeschooling. And actually, kind of was a perfect year for it because eighth grade didn't matter as far as um, 
credits and things like that. So I finished up my seventh grade year, mm-hmm. and I, I, I begged and pleaded and got to go homeschooled. And um, that same year, my grandma Helen moved in with us, and I was able to play a role in caretaking for her. Mm-hmm. And that has been way more formative to me as a human being than anything I would have picked up in eighth grade social studies at you know the school I was going to. Uh, you know, I le- we had that time together that I would have never had. I learned this, you know, the ability to talk to an elderly person who's told you the same story twelve times. Uh, the ability to like, you know, show them love by finding their teeth in the bedroom and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And so I learned, I developed a lot more as a human being in that eighth grade year uh, than I ever would have outside of that. The homeschooling itself was was. Not great. I mean, good, not great. It was a uh, a computer program. We used a uh, Alpha and Omega homeschooling thing. And after I figured out how to manipulate it, it was like, eh, good enough. Like, uh, you know, I read a little bit and then eventually, like, figured out how things worked and how to game the system. So I got good enough Bs and moved on. I can't say it taught me anything like I retain. Uh, but it was a good start, and, you know, I didn't, at that point in time, I didn't have, you know, parents who went to school to be teachers sitting there with me all day long. And the reason I tell this story is, Elizabeth, your undergraduate is... K-6 elementary education. With a minor, minor in... in special needs. So, you've while you never actually got your license and started being a teacher, you have all the classical training. Mm-hmm. Your grandmother was a teacher. Yep. Um... And uh, it, you're you're actually here with them, and it's not like us. You know, for me, it was kind of like a, you follow this program. Mm-hmm. We'll check on it every m- month or two. For you, it's you're on them. Every, you're on with them every mm-hmm. school day. And in school days, is not we don't do five days a week. Um, we usually do three to four a week. We do three to four a week. We start in June, and then we do school work over like fall break and spring break and Christmas break. And then um, we end before Memorial Day. Yeah. So we take all of July off. June off. I'm sorry, June off. Yeah, we take June off. We start in July. Yeah. Yeah, we take June totally off. But you said we do work over fall break and Christmas break, which is another big difference with homeschooling that when we go to the Dojo Museum or some sort of educational outing, that's school for the day. We don't have to, you know, we do, Elizabeth does a great job of tracking what school days and what they did those days yeah. if, the, if the state ever wanted to say anything to us they haven't ever mm-hmm. said it peeped anybody but um you keep good track but you as a homeschooling community in, in indiana in indiana get to kind of decide what's best for you and what learning right. actually is for you all it's like monday we took a field trip to the indiana state house with some other families and it was a fantastic field trip mm-hmm and I feel like our kids have learned so much mm-hmm. um, from that. And honestly, I'd go back Absolutely. next year because I was like, I learned so much. I, mm-hmm. I mean, I know I went there as a student, but I'm like, I didn't know this. Yeah. And so the you know I have ten year old, eight year old, six year old in school, almost six year old, and they've been to the state house. This week, I was talking to one of the teachers, one of the social studies teachers, and they said that. Uh, the 
they used to take seniors to mm -hmm. the state house, and I kind of vaguely remember yeah, that. Yeah, I remember going. But they don't anymore because it, the gas prices, they didn't want to pay the gas prices to shuttle them over. And I thought, what a waste. Mm -hmm. I was a, I'd be, it's a big day. We wonder why there's not a lot of civic involvement or apathy for these mm -hmm. kind of cases. And like, here are my youngins are already there. Well, and they got to personally speak to a senator, mm -hmm. um, Senator John Ford, who's our senator. He made time, you know, 10 minutes to mm -hmm. talk to our kids. And then when we were in the House of Representatives, there was a representative in there doing some work, and she so kindly like stood up and, and spoke to all the children. Mm -hmm. There was about 50 of us there, mm -hmm. parents and kids. Um, and so I feel like that was kind of a big deal to meet these Absolutely. people. And they're and, still talking about They, oh, they yeah. retained so much. Not, yeah, they did. Um, you can, yeah, why don't you go oh, ahead okay. and kind Curriculum of talk about bit. what we do. Um, so the first year we homeschooled, I felt the pressure to choose a curriculum, one curriculum that covered all of our subjects. Um, and we chose the good and the beautiful. And so we had a kindergartner and a second grader. And it was a fine curriculum. I liked it. I think it did a great job. But I didn't like it for everything. So the next year, and after talking to some other f families who homeschooled, they're like, oh, well, we know we use this subject for this or this subject for this. You can kind of just like pick and choose. So I did. Before you leave the good and the beautiful, before you leave that, yeah. Uh, some people online don't like it because it's uh, because the author is a Latter day Saint. Oh. And so, like, when they tell their Bible stories, sometimes, occasionally, it's a different slant than what we do. Yeah, I didn't feel like that at all. And honestly, I was looking more at the educational part of it. Right. Um, so I can't speak on that spiritual right. side of it. But that's one of the points I wanted us to make is this was us homeschooling is not a religious stance. stance no, or it's choice. not. Um, so I don't choose our curriculum based on how religious it is. Right. I want the rigor to be where I want it to be. So I liked... I really liked The Good and the Beautiful for the kindergarten because I think it gave a good base for reading. So um, I've kept parts of that still, and I used some of it for Benjamin still this year. But then, um, so this year, what we use is we use Horizon um, Horizon Math, and it's similar to Saxon Math, and that's why I really liked it. Uh, it kind of does building blocks each day of what you're learning, and so we use that, and I've been really happy. This is our second year to use that. For language, arts, and reading, we use master books. And again, second year using that, I've been really happy with it. And then also with language, arts, and reading, I also supplement with writing activities and with reading, especially for our older two. Like they have books they're reading, you know, all in addition to all that, not just, just that. Chapter books. Chapter books. Fiction chapter books. Like what you'd send kids to the library. Yeah, fiction chapter for. books. Or um, our boys are like, graphic novels, so we have found some really good history ones of those, so they, they just devour all that kind of stuff. Um, for spelling, um, one of our, I can't think of the name right now, oh, Becca, for one of our kids, and then the other one, they have a Horizon brand, and so I did that with the other one, and um, for kindergarten, we are using a lot of sight words for our spelling for that and same with phonics i just have a phonics kind of workbook we kind of go over social studies i actually purchased online 
textbooks that Indiana uses for their grade level social studies. And I really have been happy with those because it gives them Indiana history and some U.S. history. And then also social studies, I feel like it's also nice to bring in a lot of current events with that. So we do that a lot of current events too. And with science, um, I use same thing. I purchased textbooks mm-hmm. from Indiana uses. I think it's McGraw-Hill. Mm-hmm. And we also like, we have so many books. We have so many textbooks. We have oh so gosh. many. Um, and then with reading also, I bought um, Pearson textbooks as a supplement to that too. That's like what grade levels would use in elementaries. And so our kids really like having those textbooks mm-hmm. in general. And so it's nice to have that balance of textbooks, mm-hmm. worksheets, hands-on. So you have a little bit of everything. Yeah, I find it to be good and you know rigorous and challenging for them uh, academically. Uh, again... I we don't need the books to teach the faith-based lessons. We're a faith-based household. We're we're a very religious household, but I don't need, you know, the the idea that Jesus is in the electricity and Jesus is the reason that the sun shines out and stuff like that. I'm good with in, in introducing the kids to big topics that they can wrestle with from a scientific and a faith perspective, and right. we don't have to. You know, we don't have to say, oh, this or that and the other. And so um, it's been very good to watch the kids. Mm-hmm. And, sorry to interrupt. If I may, yes. If there's a curriculum you've really enjoyed yes. or a path you've really enjoyed with your homeschooling, share it. Tell us, like, comment that. Share mm-hmm. it. Because, you know, each year I reevaluate what we're using. Mm-hmm. Um, we're already looking at next year. We already are looking at next year. Things like... Uh, there's people, I mean, there's there's people out there like Andrew Poudwa that does, what's his thing called, you remember? The writing. The writing center, yeah. yeah. so I see us adding, because I feel like that's, I mean, we're adding next year. Yeah, we see. It, it's like IEW. Or, I was going to say three letters, but I can't yeah, remember what I it is. But um, if you've had it or had good experience with it, tell us about it, because, like, we're just, you know, there's a there's so much out there a person could do. Right. Um uh, and you get lost oh, in the I curriculum bet. piece, like because they. I remember I got like a catalog, like a magazine catalog, and looking online, I was like, "Oh my goodness!" And YouTube is filled with people telling you what they're doing. Yes, and uh, that's all great, but it's all it's very overwhelming. It can be overwhelming, and yeah. you. That's one of the reasons, like that first year, like oh, we just want one, one ring to rule and them all. And it was really nice. It was, and I still pull pieces yeah. of it to help us. Um, but I really liked the next year cherry picking, and yeah. I feel like that helped a lot. You felt more confident. I did, yes. Yeah. Um, financially, what do we spend? Like, I was thinking it was like $500 a kid or so. Um, I wouldn't say a kid. I would say total we spent. And also, okay. I, okay, let me answer that question first. I think we spent about $700 for all okay. the curriculum. But starting next year we will have be able to use repeat of grades. Mm-hmm. Um, How? Well, I'll just, because I have like the teacher books of them and we'll have to buy like the workbooks or whatever to where. So there's until, an upfront investment of yes, buying the set yes. and then you're just replacing the student workbook. Right. Right. Yeah. Hopefully. I mean, they'll probably change the right. book. So I mean, in, in Indiana, I think there is like a $300 uh, tax credit, uh, that you can apply for and check your state, it might be something like that. But 
financially, it's not a huge burden to get into. No, it's not. And, you know, I was telling Noah tonight, we have our little used library book sale each each month, and I have found so many textbooks there that have been so helpful to us. Like, there was one, a phonics one I found last month, and I was like, I was looking for a book just like this, just to help solidify for Mm -hmm. Benjamin about reading, and I was like, there it was for 50 cents. Like, so... Um, while we don't need any more children's books because we're oh, we are there's so many so many books, um, like we'll have to go. So I like to look at the textbook section for mm-hmm. for our kids. Let's end this with a few of the frequently asked questions or comments about people homeschooling. Sometimes good, mostly <laughs> Sometimes not not good. so good. Um, biggest one that comes to my mind: What are you going to do about high school? No, that's not the biggest one. That's not your biggest one. No. Socialization? No. Uh, sports. 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 What are they going to do for sports? And I'm like, first of all, we're not a huge sports-focused family. Right. And I'm like, does it matter? <laughs> does it matter? So I think that's my biggest question. And then high school. You're about high school. Do you feel qualified to teach their high school material? Um. I don't get very much anymore why aren't they in school. I don't get that very much anymore. I, I do think, and maybe it's, I don't know if this is true across the state or country, homeschooling is becoming more um, common. Mm-hmm. It really is. Like The fact that we could easily, easily have 50 people go to a homeschool oh, yeah. field trip. And two or three and that, families didn't come that day. And Yeah, there were two families that ended up being sick. I was like... This is amazing. Like this yeah. is so this is so great. Um, so yeah, sports. We're gonna do about high school. What are we gonna do about high school? Listen, right now we have a kindergartner, second, and fourth grader. So we will cross that bridge when we get there. We reevaluate our children's needs every year. Yes. Um, the question, socialization is a big one. Really, are how they make friends. Um, Yeah. Well, so how do we do it? So when it comes to socialization, obviously they have each other, but we also they are included, are involved in 4-H. They're involved in children's choir, community theater. They're involved in their Sunday school classes at church. Um, running club in the summer. Running club. We just soccer. 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 And, and these are the fact that we also like at least once a week. Or with friends, like yeah. of some sort, some group of friends. I, I gotta be honest. I feel like we have some of those socialized kids. Our kids there. are too social sometimes. They're I'm like, social. we don't need to talk to everybody in the grocery store. Um, so that comes to friends. Same thing. We have plugged them into different things, and also socialization. They also take piano lessons. So it's like they have right. all these. There's some days I'm like, how do we have time for public school? Because we yeah. are so busy with right. like these extra things. And then it's like. From my high school class, there's only like one or two people I talk to. One of them being Heather, who's listening to us probably right now. One of my top, <laughs> top listeners. Shout out Heather. Uh, uh, like other than that, like you socialize for those years you're together that you're forced to be together. But I right. haven't. We've got uh, a couple. Of, I guess a couple like, friends. Yeah, a couple of friends. But like. People kind of make it out to be like, well, where are they going to make their lifelong acquaintances? How are they going to meet new people? Right. Well, 
you as a family need to get plugged in somewhere, whether it's for whatever it is, it's for you. If you're religious, you need to get plugged in at a church. If you're into sports, hell, you ought to get plugged in to the local YMCA yeah. or whatever it is you do. We're just not a big sport family. I'm not hyper competitive. We like the the kids really like to watch sports yes. and they like to play sports outside. We throw the ball around all the time, and but that's about it so far. Can you tell the funny story? About what that person said to Henry. At the. But his long hair. No, I can't because I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Recently, we were somewhere and we were making introductions, and Henry has long flowing hair. It's like almost to his shoulders. As long as yours. And he has really good hair. He does. Yeah, it looks so nice. He does. And it's not a big deal. It don't bother me at all. As long as he takes care of it. People always say, like, to know, always say to me, what does Noah think with this long hair? And, like, Noah could care less with his long hair. Like, he's an amazing child. What do I care if his hair's a little long? And it's like, this year, he's enjoying you know? it and he takes care of it like it's fine yeah but this guy uh this elderly gentleman henry said he first off he introduced himself was like shaking yeah. his hand whatnot and the guy's like wow look at that hair the girls at school must be all over you and henry took a little grin and said well i hope not i'm homeschooled <laughs> funny there's your socialization he handled it with such <laughs> grace i felt myself getting like hot and sweaty and he just like rolled with it and i was like oh. had a good laugh the guy <laughs> chuckled it was so much fun so much fun yeah. uh do you get any other com- other questions about i would recommend you find that homeschool community that's in your community like I don't know if it's a certain church that hosts things, or that's called a co-op, or... Hey, just go to the park during a school day. That's true. <laughs> I mean, I have met people that way, like, people we've connected with, because yeah. you, like, just go somewhere to right. the middle of the school day, and you'll find each other. Um, or even, like, right now, tomorrow, our kids are auditioning for a homeschool pr- play production. So there are things, like, yeah, to do like that. And each community... And we're not telling you, you should homeschool your kids. Oh, no, you should homeschool your kids. I'm just teasing. It has been a, a real blessing for us, but it's not for everybody. There, not everybody has the right temperament to be the teacher. Not every student has the right temperament to be able to, you know, be at home. And, and you know, maybe the, the TV or the screens are mm-hmm. awful tempting to them if they're home too long. Maybe you don't have the child care. It's not, this isn't about right. that. It, but if you have ever been interested and want to know, like, why or, you know, what's the benefits, it is, uh, it has been a really big blessing for our house, and I can see us doing it for a good while, and we'll cross the bridges down the road, you know, as far as junior high and high school. At first, people, at first I kind of thought, oh, maybe junior high, but God, the junior high is like the absolute worst time in life, <laughs> so why would I want to throw them back into that pack of wolves? Uh, and then we just have all sorts of options. And as I find a very difficult balance of trying to plan their life and letting them try to have their own life down the road. Right. I think it's just because we're in that stage of life where it's all on us. Mm-hmm. But Henry's 10. As he gets older, teenager, to driving, to towards independence, like we want him to have a voice in his own life, obviously. And um, so we're just kind of, we're kind of an open book at this time. We'll listen yeah. and try to guide him in the right path and be supportive. And uh, we're just really thankful that 
we've found good people who do this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And and I have to say, something else that's been really good for us is our parents have been so supportive mm-hmm. of us homeschooling. Our you know, fam- our beyond our parents, our family has been so supportive of us homeschooling, and so be an encourager too to mm-hmm. families who are doing it because they get the grief from every random stranger on the street. So, because mm-hmm. when we were kids. If you met somebody who was homeschooled, it was a very taboo... It was almost a joke. It was like a joke. Yeah. Oh, look at this weirdo who's homeschooled. But you know what? As I think about it, I remember two or three kids who ended up like coming to high school time from homeschool, and they were always in the advanced classes. <laughs> right. I remember vividly, like... They, was, and they didn't want to deal with your, like, nonsense. Yes, they were very mature and didn't, you know, didn't have time for throwing paper wads at each other, whatever, whatever. Right. But I remember this one girl, they put her in my math class, which I was in a rum-dum math class. I did not, <laughs> I'm not. A what? A rum-dum, that's what my, oh, I'm not going to out her. That's one of the teacher calls his uh, students, a bunch of rum-dums. And, uh, <laughs> no. Uh, I was in a very rum-dum classroom. Like, they took Algebra 1, which is usually given, like, maybe, I don't know, 8th grade or whatever, and I couldn't figure it out. So they stretched Algebra 1 over two years. And I took it like freshman and sophomore year, and then geometry, then Algebra 2. But math was not my strong suit. And they put this girl in, I can't remember if it was, I was in Algebra 1 or Geometry at the time. And she was there about a week, and they plucked her and put her in calculus. <laughs> like, you don't need me down here with these people. So uh, that's all we've been. And there's been, there's been a couple of those where like the kids are super duper intelligent and wise beyond their years so it's a good fit for us may not be for everybody but uh if you have any thoughts or experiences about whether it's curriculum or questions why don't you leave them in our facebook post on this we always share the podcast on facebook you can find us at hoosierheritagehomestead.com uh it's the same for our youtube youtube slash hoosierheritagehomestead uh, I've not been as active on that lately. I've just been so busy with the house. It takes a lot of time to edit videos. Uh, but I am going to do monthly updates. And so um, I'm going to try to get a video or two done uh, you know, every other week or so. But they're not on the normal schedule as they used to be. But Do you have any other final words or comments? No. <laughs> How about something like, you can do it. You can do it. Way to go. <laughs> Not me. I was talking about people who might be considering. I don't need any encouragement. I'm doing just fine. Thank you so much. Yes. If you have questions or want to have a more personal conversation, um, I try to be a pretty open book about this. Yeah, absolutely. Reach out. Or if you want to come see us on a school day, good luck. Good luck. Godspeed. Godspeed. Well, thank you all. Have a great week.